Hello and welcome to the LifeGate Free Will Baptist Podcast. We are so glad you could join us today. Our aim is to connect with others and share the good news of the gospel, that God loves us, that Jesus died for the forgiveness of our sins, and that anyone can have eternal life through trusting in him alone. Now, let's join Pastor Jason for today's message. Matthew chapter number 14. Matthew 14 is where we'll be at today. And uh, i got two sermons up here. I know I can't preach both of them, so we better get rid of one. Matthew chapter 14 this morning. We're going to start off in uh, verse number 22. And before we do that, I want to uh, give you the title of my sermon and kind of give you just an up, uh, up to speed to where we are here in this passage. But the, uh, the passage in Matthew 14, chapter, 20, uh, chapter 14, verses 22 through 33 is about Jesus walking on the water. Very familiar story to most of us and uh, maybe all of us. But uh, I want to title my message this morning is to getting the most out of your storm. Getting the most out of your storm. And uh, last week we talked about following Jesus. And this whole month has kind of hopefully been a shot in the arm to you. It's been a shot in the arm to me to get going in the right direction this year as we start off in January. And uh, one of those is that when we face hard times or times that we don't understand or times that uh, seem strange, uh, we will go the right direction. And so uh, part of uh, one of the tests that Jesus gave his disciples uh, was uh, him sending them out on the uh, Sea of Galilee and uh, letting them row a while. And then he came and showed up. And this is what the sermon is about today. And uh, they ended up in a storm. Uh, I believe God is using uh, our times and our days and our situations that, that we're going through. And uh, my wife just took her phone. I, had to, I told her not to leave that page, and uh, I guess she did anyway. That's all right. I'll try to remember it. Um, it's, uh, I was going to share a quote from you from uh, the Barner Group. Um, if you look up uh, Barner.com, George Barner has a, it's a survey, uh, like a Christian survey uh, outfit, and they survey a bunch of different people, and they call Christians and ask them about church attendance and all kinds of things like that. But he has several pages on church attendance and what's happens, what has happened in 2020 uh, since the pandemic began. Of course, uh, as you start off, you know, in March, we all went online. And uh, so online attendance, of course, boosted and people were looking at online. But it wasn't long after that, just a couple of months, and it dropped back off. And uh, church attendance now is, you know, some people have it in person, some people have it online still. And uh, what they have found by the end of the article, it gets to about a third of people have dropped out of church. And uh, that's, um, to me, that was a big big statistic. Now, some of those may be, uh, you know, coming or doing something different, or maybe they go back and forth. But uh, by and large, majority of them have just simply stopped coming. I believe God has used the pandemic in ways that, um, you know, Brother Gary asked this morning about, you know, what has the pandemic done in your life? And I believe God has used it in, the, as, in their country as facing the church, the church of Jesus Christ. It's been a, a warning, if you will, or a shot across the bow, you know, a warning shot uh, to, the, to the church in America, the church of Jesus Christ in America. You need to wake up. You need to make sure you're doing right. Because something is wrong if I'm willing to go to the airport and be, you know, elbow to elbow to somebody and then I'm not go, willing to go to church and be 15 feet away from somebody and have a church service. There's something wrong if I, I'm willing to go to Walmart and, and elbow my way in there for the Black Friday deal or some other deal and uh, be around all kinds of people with a mask on and yet I'm not willing to come to church um, to worship God with a mask on. 
they're, they're, I believe God is sending us a warning sign and helping us to be able to see like what is really your priority in life and, and how far up is church on your priority. But at any rate, I want us to be able to look at this message this morning and to see what God has for us in the storm and things that we face in life. There are many different reasons God allows us or brings storms into our lives. Uh, some we may never even know on this side of eternity. Some may be for somebody that's around you or somebody in your family or somebody you work with. Jesus always has a lesson, I believe, and a blessing in every storm that you and I face. We often will see Jesus in the difficulties of life far clearer than we ever will in the blessings of life. And so I want us to better look at this and see the, the principles we can glean from this this morning. I'm just going to point out a couple of things as we go through this and, and uh, pray that God will, meets with us, meet, meet, will meet with us and share with us uh, what he has for us today. But this morning in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, it says this. <clears throat> and let me get, uh, before this happens, verse 22, prior to this, about verse 15 to verse 22, is the story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. He was extremely popular. They, in fact, they wanted to take him and make him king by force, and Jesus wasn't going to have that. And so he sends the 5,000 away, the feeding of the 5,000, and he sends them all home in peace. And Jesus goes, and uh, this is where the story picks up. Verse 22, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him to the other side. It would be the other side of Galilee. They were on the Sea of Galilee. And while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up, and uh, to a mountain apart to pray. And when he had, the evening has come, he was there alone. But in the ship, but in the ship was now in the midst of the sea, or in the middle of the sea, and it was being tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. Anybody have any idea what time that is? It's three to six in the morning. Uh, three in the morning to six in the morning would be the fourth watch of the night. And so uh, very late. In fact, it's the darkest time before daylight. And uh, in the darkest time of the night, that's when Jesus went to them. And uh, where was that here? Uh, verse number uh, 26. And the Jesus uh, went to them on the fourth watch of the night. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit or a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. Some of the most blessed words you can ever hear, amen? Especially if you're in the middle of a sea somewhere, seeing somebody walk on water. And Peter answered him, said unto him, Lord, if it be you, bid me to come unto thee unto the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind being blusterous, he was afraid. And he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore did you doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And the result was that they were, verse 33, and when they had that were in the ship came and they worshipped him, saying of a truth, thou art the son of God. Let's pray quickly this morning and we'll get into what God has for us. Father, we pray that you would lead us today. Help us, Lord, to be able to glean the things that you've dealt with my heart about. Lord, help me to be able to explain and be able to articulate the things that you've given to me, Lord, in study. And we pray, Lord, that you would speak on the inside as I speak on the outside. Holy Spirit, please have your will and way in the service today. 
In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Just a couple things I want to share with you today. But inevitably, all of us will face something that we go through in life that's not a pleasant experience. Uh, storms come in different ways and, and in different tempos, if you will. You've, you've been there before. Something happens, comes to you from this direction. Somebody else says something to you from this direction. And something comes to you from this direction. Then you have a flat tire on the car. And then, you know, you bust your pants trying to fix the flat tire. And then you smash your finger. You know you how this goes. And things just kind of chaos. I mean, this kind of snowballs out of control. And, and before long, you're thinking like, well, how in the world did I even get out of the bed this morning? And uh, why did I get out of the bed? And uh, it would just been better off if I would just not done this at all. And we find ourselves in the middle of something we, we feel like we shouldn't have been in. And uh, if we had our rathers, we'd rather not be here. And so this is where the disciples was. The first thing I want to point out this morning as we go through this, and I believe Jesus, I know Jesus was speaking to these disciples and he was teaching them lessons about trusting him and having faith in him and walking with him. And God is giving us life lessons through the things we go through in life. The first thing I want you to see is they were, first of all, in the right place. They were in the right place. They were in the will of God. They weren't off doing something sinful that they shouldn't have been doing. They weren't off, you know, going places they shouldn't have been going. <coughs> they weren't trying to, you know, make a, a, a gambling deal out on the casino somewhere out on the middle of the lake. They were doing what God told them to do. They had just come off a spiritual high, and they had just seen God do miraculous things of multiplying all this food before these 5,000 people and feeding all of them to their full, and God sending them away and being on a, a, a tremendous high. And God says to them, get on this boat and go across the sea. And so they start to go across the sea. And maybe the wind was in their favor to start with. But it sure didn't end that way. And they got out here on the sea. They were doing what God had told them to do. We see Jesus go off and have his secret prayer time with the Father. By the way, I think that's a tremendous example. The uh, best counselor, the greatest counselor you will ever talk to is when you get alone to talk to Jesus. And God was, Jesus was giving us an example to get alone and talk to the Father. But they were there. They were going to do what they were supposed to do. They were right where Jesus told them to go. They had literally heard the words of Jesus out of his mouth say, go, and I'll, that's, that's where they went. You go there while I send the crowd away. And they were in the will of God. They were doing just what they were been told, and they became upon a storm. Just because the storm arises does not mean that you're not in the will of God. Now, I want to point out something quickly here that, that we must get a hold of before we can go too much further, and that is that there's a tremendous difference between a storm and judgment. There's a tremendous difference between you and I going through the storms of life and something that God is trying to teach us by going through this hardship or that hardship or this uh, you know, particular instance that isn't very favorable towards us and something we see is very bad. It's a huge difference between that and judgment. You know, I think our country is asking for judgment. I know we have been for years. And I just heard recently that now we're going to take and start giving money to foreign countries so they can use it for abortion, uh, taxpayer dollars for, for abortions in other countries. I'm telling you, we're asking for God's judgment by doing this stuff. And, and we, you know, we haven't outlawed uh, abortion here. We're asking for God's judgment. And for some of the stuff we get, you know, repercussions of that, that'll not be a storm, that'll be judgment. But what he's talking about here is somebody that's trying to live for God. These disciples were trying to do God's work. They were living where they were supposed to do, live. They were doing what they were supposed to do. And they were following God the best they knew how. And still, something bad happened. 
the storm was unexpected in their life. It come on them fast. It, it, it was fierce. It made them all fearful. One of the worst places you can be on, if you had to be in the storm in the middle of the sea, to make it ten times worse would be in the dark. And these were fishermen. This probably wasn't their boat. Maybe it was a rented boat. We're not sure. But they were there. Come on and fast. Obviously, they would have never done this if they knew a storm was going to come. And maybe, maybe asking yourself the same thing, God, I never would have stepped out and done this if I knew this was going to happen. I never would have started doing this if I knew this was going to happen. And just because a storm comes up does not mean you're out of the will of God. They were in the center of the will of God. And you and I must check ourselves, make sure we're in check, that we are in the will of God. Second thing I want to point out quickly this morning is that they realize, they realize their need for Jesus right away. You know, no one said when Jesus came and walked upon the water, let me go back here, just a couple of verses. It's just an amazing story as we look through this that, that the Son of God would come, being God over nature and over the earth and over everything else, God of everything would come literally walking upon the water. And I kind of try to think in my mind's eye and how this kind of looked. And, you know, we really don't know. It doesn't give us a lot of detail. Was Jesus carrying a torch when he came by? How did they see him? It was dark. It was stormy. It was windy. Rain's blowing everywhere. How did they see him? Jesus comes by. I don't know if he was carrying a torch or if he had a, you know, he was, in my imagination, you know, I think maybe Jesus was glowing. He is a the Son of God, after all, amen? And maybe he, he was glowing, I don't know. But Jesus came by at any rate, they saw him. They didn't see who he was. They, knew, they didn't know who he was, but they seen somebody walking on the water. And they cried out for fear. And they saw Jesus there, and he immediately calmed their fears. And they realized their need for Jesus. Nobody said to Jesus when they finally figured out it was him, nobody, everybody peeped up over the side of the boat, and they were all scared to death. But nobody said, hey, Jesus, we got this. I can handle this. You go on across. We'll be over in a little while. Nobody did that. One of the things that happens when you and I go through something that we can't handle is that we realize our need, our outstanding need for God's help. If things would always go well, if you were a Christian, if things always would go good, and when the moment you accepted Jesus Christ, you, it would be just like winning the lottery. If people would just start giving you money all the time, and, and you could have anything you want, and everything you wanted, and everything was soft and squishy, and everything went well in your life, man, everybody would be a Christian, wouldn't they? Everybody would accept Jesus. But it's not that way at all. Jesus is not here to give you a lot of comfort. He's not worried about your, you know, your well-being as far as he is worried about your well-being. Misunderstand. But God is not here. He's more worried about your eternity. He's more worried about, not as much worried about your comfort as he is worried about your future in heaven. God has a lot more weight on that area than he does here in this life and things do go wrong in our lives and things do go right in our lives and God uses those things to point us to him we see our tremendous need for him you see Jesus controls how much storm you and I get you say well I've heard it maybe you've heard it as a kid too well God I've heard it in Christian circles anyway since I've been going to church since I was a teenager well God won't put more on you than you can stand you've heard that I've heard that I don't believe it's true I believe God will give you more than you can stand. I believe God will put more on you than you can actually handle. I believe God will. This storm was more than this guy's can handle. It wouldn't be long, but their boat would be filled up with water. It wouldn't be long, but they would be out there paddling like a doggy paddle trying to get to shore somewhere. And the most dangerous place you can be in the ocean on a storm is actually in the water. And they knew that. But Jesus controls how much storm you and I get. 
God will give you more than you can handle. But God will never give you more than he can handle. Amen? That's the point. That's the reason we have the storm. On your own, this storm is more than you can handle. It's more than you can do. It's more than you can contemplate. It's more than you're going to be able to work your way through and work your way out of. It's more than you're going to be able to negotiate through. And we see our overwhelming need for who God is and for Jesus himself. But it is never more than he can handle. When he came by, you know, I, I just think, uh, I, I try to picture myself in the story. If I would have been in the boat, which I would have probably been, you know, had a little brown bag somewhere. If I was in the boat, I'd be so messed up. But imagine seeing Jesus there, and Jesus comes walking straight to him. I'm so glad Jesus didn't say, hey, guys, I'm sure glad if you got back on the boat. I'm sure glad you guys picked me up. I made three laps looking for you guys out here. I just couldn't find you. That's not what Jesus said at all. He comes straight to him. He knew exactly what he's doing. He's in complete control. And these guys needed to see their need for God's help. You see, we, we live in the best country in the world. We live in the freest country in the world. We have a lot of freedoms. We have a lot of responsibility. We have a lot of whatever you want to put in the blank there. But my friend, we must never think that we're so high and mighty. We do not need God's help. And if we moment we start thinking that God could take us down a peg or two and get us exactly where we need to be, so we see what these disciples saw that day. He said, well, I believe I can do that thing with the miracle with the bread and the, and the fish or whatever one of these disciples might have said. You know, well, that, that's nothing. I did this when we were out doing visitation or whatever, and, and we cast this demon out in Jesus' name. And, you know, maybe they got pretty good-sized britches on. You know, they're getting too big for my britches. And God says, look, you need to make sure that you realize that you have a tremendous need for Jesus. One of the best ways we see our need for God is in times when things don't go well. When things don't turn out exactly like they should. When the diagnosis is not what we thought it would be or should be. The pregnancy didn't go like I thought it wanted, I wanted it to. You can fill in the blank that we all face something but in every storm you see, God has a lesson and God has, I believe, a blessing in every storm that we see. These disciples would have never realized their tremendous need for Jesus and to have Jesus on board than they did that night. They were never so glad to see anybody in all their life as to see Jesus walking on the water to them. He said, be not afraid, be of good cheer, and as I, be not afraid. They realized their need. The storm did not stop, however. Let me go on to number three here. They had reassurance that Jesus was there, and they did not have to fear. You and I, the first place we run, we're Christians. We know the Christian circle. We do, you know, read the Bible, pray, and all this stuff. You know, we do, we do all this stuff. And then when something bad comes in our life, we run to Jesus. That's what we're supposed to do, right? That's what we're supposed to do. And that's what we should do. And we often do it. And when we go to Jesus, and we go to Jesus with our trouble, we go to Jesus with our trial, we go to Jesus with our frustration, we go to Jesus with our storm. And we said, God, take this away from me. God, I don't want this. I don't like this. I don't want to be here. Do this or do that. And we come to God with our seven-step plan how to get us out of this. We come to God with, you know, this is what I think you ought to do, God. And this is what I think, you know, we don't necessarily, maybe not verbally say that, but we sure do think it. And I think through situations that, God, if I were you, this is what I would do. God, can you do this? And we'll actually pray for whatever we think God should do. And we come to the point where, God, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. I want you to notice here when Jesus comes in the presence here, and when uh, in verse chapter 14 and verse number 20, 
6 or 7, when Jesus came walking to them on the water, he says, be not afraid, for it is I. Be not afraid. Verse 28, Peter wants to get out of the boat and go to Jesus. I want you to see in verse 29 and verse 30, Jesus, I mean, Paul, Peter gets out of the boat, but as soon as he does, he sees what? The storm. The storm didn't go away just because Jesus was there. When you go to Jesus and we run to him in prayer and we run to God and we pour out our heart before God, well, God, well, this is our problem, this is what's going on, and God, we want to live the Christian life, and I really don't see how you can use this to bring anybody to Christ, and I really don't see how this is going to bless our family, and I really don't see how this is going to help our church or anything else. And God, we want you to do something. And we get up off our knees and nothing changed. We're still in the storm. We see that when Jesus arrived here to this boat, he walked up to these guys and he said, uh, Fear not, it is I, don't be afraid. And Peter asked to come off the boat. The storm was still raging. The wind was still blowing. The rain was still coming down. The waves were still slapping the boat. It was still bouncing around. The storm did not stop. You and I, friend, we come to Christ. We start to walk in our relationship with Jesus Christ and something comes in our life. We should go to God in prayer. That's exactly what we should be doing. But we must not command God and thank God, well, this is what you need to do and pray for that end. We need to ask God to lead us and be beside us during the storm. You see, Jesus said, fear not. He didn't say, cease, be still. Jesus, most of the time, God often does not stop the storm in your life and mine. He doesn't just change your situation. He can. Most of the time, he does not change your situation overnight. But he does, however, come alongside you. And he starts to lead, lead us. And he puts his arm around us. And we start to learn who Jesus is in ways that we would never learn who Jesus is if we had not gone through the storm. You see, the reason that Jesus was sending these disciples through the storm was not that they could have another notch in their belt, not to say that they saw Jesus walk on the water, not to even that Peter could brag that he walked on the water. It was for them to be able to see Jesus in a new and a different light that they had never seen him in before. They had seen Jesus lead them through a storm that they could not get through on their own, and they have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ because of the storm. That's what God is doing in your life, and that's what he's going to do in mine. And I don't think it's not only as a personal application, I believe it's an application as a church too. I believe God is, is leading us now through some storms. We see, you know, you can look around the attendance. We see people watching us online rather than being here, and that's fine, as long as they don't drop off, amen? And we see people in our congregation getting sick. We see people in our families that have been affected by this pandemic. It was like, God, if anybody should be immune, it should be the church, right? God, if anybody ought to be able to keep going and not have restrictions put on them by the government or anybody else, God, it ought to be the church. No, 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 we're in there too. And God begins to walk with us, and we begin to pray with God, and we begin to be able to earnestly cry out to God. God is big enough for your questions, by the way. He's big enough for your concerns. He's big enough for your cries. He's big enough for your, your heartaches. He's big enough for your storm of any size. And God walks along with us, and we'll see God in ways that we will not see him any other way unless we go through the storm. And I believe that's where these disciples were. They were experiencing God as they had never experienced him before. And you see that by the result. that they At the end of the, verse 33 there, they were absolutely convinced this is God. This person is God. And that's where we'll end up as well. 
me go give you a fourth thing real quick, and I'll end with this. The requirement of faith. And when I started out studying this passage, I really wanted to kind of key in on what Peter's response was and, and the time that Peter got out of the boat between Peter and Jesus there. And, and God just led me in all other directions, and, and uh, this is where we, we were this morning. But um, I want, do want you to see the requirement of faith. Jesus said one word to Peter when he said, you know, Peter was known for putting his foot in his mouth. He's known for doing impulsive stuff. That's just his personality. But Jesus, I mean, Peter was, however, the only one that did get out of the boat. He was the only one to exercise faith to get out of the boat. Now, I'll be honest with you, I wouldn't have been Peter. I'd have been laying down the bottom of the boat, probably under somebody else, you know, or whatever. But Peter wasn't. He said, Lord, if it's really you, why don't you bid me to come to you on the water? Those are awful big words. Jesus said one word back to him, verse 29. Come on. If you have faith to believe in me, come on. If you have enough faith to step out of the boat, you come on. And Peter took, and I picture Peter climbing over to the stairs or however he got out of that thing, and he come down and he put his first foot on the water. This is really weird. It'd be really weird, really amazing all at the same time. It's amazing when you're in the middle of a storm and you feel God come up beside you and God begins to lead you and God makes a truth come alive to you from the scripture through the person of the Holy Spirit. For the first time in your life, you're in the middle of a storm and you feel God's presence at the same time. It's a very weird feeling. But it's a very good feeling. And I think Peter felt that that night. He stepped on that water. None of us have ever stepped on water. God supernaturally changed the composure of Peter or whoever. He made it where he could walk on water. And he began to come to Jesus. And I think of Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 11, 28, and the word come. Jesus said again in Matthew 11, verse 28, he says, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take, your yoke, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. God is still inviting us today to come on. If you have faith to walk to God, walk with God, God will get you through the storm. He will not only get you through the storm, God will help you triumphantly walk through the storm. He will help us to be able to glean the things that we need to learn by going through the storm. God is using storms in your life and in my life to transform us, literally, to what we need to be. God is using storms in your life and mine to challenge us in what we believe. You know, I, I used the other day, uh, a couple of Sundays ago, I, I told you I don't get my theology from my kids, but the, my kids challenge my theology. They challenge what I believe. Why do you believe that? Why do we do this, Daddy? Why do we, you know, they ask all kinds of stuff. And some of them are, are stumpers, you know. Like, where were we? You know, one of my kids asked me, where was I before I was in Mommy's tummy? I was like, uh, mind of God, I don't know. You know, you pick, you know, what are you supposed to tell them? God uses the same thing in storms. He uses stuff that comes in my life. Well, how does this equate to the verses in, in Philippians? I can do all things through Christ Jesus. Or, or some verse in, somewhere that, that all things work out for my good in Romans. How, do this, how does this work out in my life when things are going bad in my life? And how does the scripture still true? How do I understand it? How do I, how do I balance all this out? It's done by faith. And when God begins to challenge us what we believe and why we believe it and how the Christianity is supposed to work out in, in shoe leather every day by what we go through in life. For you to secure your source of hope and to give you a testimony. 
God will do those things as we go through challenging times. This is a challenge to Peter's faith. This is a direct challenge to Peter through his faith. Peter, if you have faith to get out of that boat, you come on. And Jesus didn't say all those words, but Peter figured that out real quick. As soon as he stepped out, what did Peter do? He done good there for a little bit. He may have even took a couple of steps towards Jesus. But as he began to walk, as he began to see all the storm around him, he began to see this, the wind blowing. The Bible says it was blusterous. In verse 30, he says he began to sink. <clears throat> it was a direct relationship of his faith in Jesus Christ. Peter was being challenged in his faith. How much faith do you have in Jesus Christ? Peter said, I mean, Jesus said to Peter, how much faith do you have in me? Why don't you come on and live by faith and walk by faith and come on to me and I'll take you in. It's really easy to get distracted, isn't it? We live in a day and age where distraction is everything. We have to be entertained. I, I get so frustrated with these gas pumps. You put up, and I, I'm not a good screen person, TV person, because if it's just television playing, I'm going to watch it. I just I have some kind of weakness or something. Maybe I'm half zombie or something. I don't know. But if it's a screen playing, it can be Bambi, and I'll watch it. I'll just sit there. I mean, you ask my wife, she'll tell you. Some of my kids got the same trait. It must be hereditary. But I can get out of the gas station. Some particular gas station has these screens. You ever been to those? And they start playing something. I don't know what kind of gas I even pumped in the car. You know, I don't know if I got diesel fuel or gasoline. I don't know what I got. Because this screen was playing. I was so distracted by what I was doing. I don't know what car I used. I don't know what I even did, you know. I get back in the car and drive down the road. I was like, what did I just do? I was so distracted. One of the things that happens in life, God pushes all the distractions away when we come to something hard that really gets my attention. Something that, that I can't just go by. Something I can't just take a couple of Advil and get past. Something I can't just talk to somebody about and never come up again. I mean something that comes in my life, a storm that comes in my life that God is putting directly for me, tailor-made for me to get me where I need to be with him and removing all the distractions. You see, what he was telling Peter was, Peter, you keep your eyes on me and don't worry about the storm. You see, your storm is going to continue to go on, but Jesus is going to get you through it if you keep your eyes on him. God uses storms in our life to challenge us, to transform us, to lead us to what we need to be. You see, Peter's faith faltered, <clears throat> not because of some great sin. <clears throat> I believe he was simply distracted because he focused on the storm instead of Jesus. It's so easy to focus on politics. It's so easy to focus on what's wrong in the world. It's so easy to, to, to land blast other people about not being in church or not doing this or not doing that or they don't do this. And It's very easy for us to compare ourselves among ourselves. You know, Agent Rogers said, you know, I picked the biggest sinner around. I, I, I go lay down in the ditch beside him and say, look, I'm a little bit longer than he is. What good is that? None. We must compare ourselves to who Christ is. We must follow him. And in the midst of the storm, we must allow God to mold us and to shape us in what we want to, what he wants us to be and not what we want to be. For God to use what he has uh, put in front of us to help us stay focused on him. Peter would have stayed afloat if he had only focused his faith on who Jesus was. If he just simply would have looked into the eyes of Jesus and just kept, just blocked everything else out and just focused himself on who Jesus was and looked at the face of Jesus and walked towards Jesus, not knowing the waves where they were, not knowing the wind where it was, not concentrating that it was dark and walking towards Jesus, he would have been okay. You know, it's the same thing with us. 
I'm to keep my eyes on Christ and to walk towards him. We're hard on Peter, but we probably would have sank too. We would have been distracted too. It's easy to get distracted in your eyes off of Jesus during the storm until you start to sink. What happened to Peter that got him back in line? What happened to Peter that he, you know, he immediately called out for Lord, Lord, save me? He said some good words, didn't he? You know, we, as pastors and preachers, we try to push, you know, uh, the Romans road with Romans 3.10, Romans 3.23, and Romans 5.8, and Romans 10.9, and Romans 10.13. And we, we go to John 3.16, said you got to do all this. All you got to do is get a hold of this. Lord, save me. God, if you would just save me. And that's what Peter did. And he did not realize his tremendous need for Jesus until he started to sink. What got Peter's focus back in line? He started to sink. When the storm becomes too much for you and too much for me, we'll begin to look our eyes on Jesus. We'll begin to say, throw my hand up, Jesus, save me. I don't know how far he sank, but I'm sure it wasn't too far because Jesus grabbed him, pulled him back up, and said, oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? God will put more on you than you can handle, but he will never put more on you than you can handle along with him. In order for us to stay on top, we must have more faith in Jesus than we do fear of the storm. Let me share an illustration, and I'll finish with this. You know, you can figure, I want you to picture this in your mind. I don't have any particular story in mind, but this is just, a, just an illustration. Picture soldiers going into battle. And the soldiers, are, have, they've been through training together. They've been through, you know, special ops together or whatever, and they've been through operations together. They, they're going into battle. And they look across the line, maybe it's five or six, seven of them, however how many it is, 12, 13, whatever the platoon is. And they look at each other, they know each other, they know what each other is capable of, they know how much they can trust that person or not trust that person to save their life. They are literally putting their lives in the hands of those that they're in the platoon with. They're getting ready to go into this battle, they go into this battle, and they have uh, absolute confidence that they can put their hands and their life in the hands of this person. Their life depends on it in that conflict that that person may say that I know he's not going to give up and run off I know he's not going to throw his weapon down and run away with his hands over his head I know he's going to stay there he's going to stay there and if I get him wounded he's going to pick me up and get me going and he knows the same thing about me if he gets wounded I'm going to pick him up and we're going to keep going you see you really don't know Jesus until you get in the storm with him and I'm, I'm in the storm with Jesus and I, I don't have to worry about his limitations I get in the storm with Jesus and I know what his limitations are. None. Jesus doesn't have any limitations. And I get in the storm with Jesus and Jesus can make the, the impossible happen. He can make the impossible possible. He can make stuff that I can't think happen, happen. By the way, when you're in the middle of a storm and you're praying all these prayers to God about how you think he should answer your prayer life and how God will get most glorified out of this, it's usually never that way he answered that prayer. Never. I've never had God in the middle of some hardship that I go through and I get on my face before God and God you need to answer this prayer this way if I were you I'd do it this way I don't necessarily say those words but that's how I pray you know Jesus never has answered a prayer that way he's got me through the storm he's got me where I needed to be but he answered it in a way that I know that I can rely on him and it would be some way that I never even thought of these guys would have never even thought well we just get Jesus on the boat the storm will stop but when Jesus got on the boat Immediately the storm stopped. God has things in his 
arsenal he has things to do with us he wants to do with us and prove himself to us god would like none other than to show you who he is when these disciples got on the jesus got on the boat that night and the disciples walked over to him they're exhausted for rowing and they've been rowing 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 and not getting anywhere when they by faith trusted in jesus christ and jesus christ got on the boat they the storm immediately stopped and immediately they said this is god this person is the son of god i know it he proved himself to me my friend, you and I, if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can row to now until you, the day you die, and you will not get any closer to heaven. The only way you will ever get close to heaven is by faith, trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ and his finished work on Calvary. What Jesus has already faced that storm for you, and he's already paid that debt for you, and all you have to do is trust in Jesus Christ and cry out to him just like Peter cried out to him and said, Lord, save me. And Jesus Christ will save your soul. He's the only one that can save your soul. He's the only one that can get you out of the storm of life. He's the only one that can secure your place in heaven. My friend, God wants to be with you. God wants you to come to that same conclusion to know that he is Savior. If you haven't done that today, today will be a great day to do that. Accept Christ as your Lord and Savior today. If you're going through a storm, you've accepted Christ. You're doing the best you can, the best of your ability. <clears throat> Want us today, all of us together, why don't we look for Christ in the storm? Why don't you look, as, as I will try to look in the next storm and then the storm I'm in now and, and the storm to come or whatever, I will look for where Jesus is. He knows where I'm at. I need to find where he is. I need to work my way towards him. And Jesus Christ will help me through the storms. Thank you for taking time to listen today. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with your loved ones. Additionally, you can contact us by using the information provided in this episode's description. We hope that you'll visit us again soon. May God bless you. Thank you.